On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks are finally back in action tonight, taking on the Anaheim Ducks after their 10-day break for the All-Star Game. I'll get into a preview of this bottom feeder matchup and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you like what you're listening to or watching today, please make sure to go and show some support. Make sure to go and follow the podcast. for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel with every episode having a video uploaded to YouTube at this point. It only makes sense to go and do so. It's also 100% for free. It only takes two seconds to go and click that button, and it really does help me out tremendously. You're also going to want to be sure to leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify because for those of you who still may be unaware at this point, I'll be giving away two free Blackhawks tickets to a game sometime in the second half of the regular season. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, as of right now, it's looking like it's going to be March 28th against the Dallas Stars. And all you have to do in order to qualify, first, you have to either leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Bonus points to those of you who leave me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate that as well. And you're also going to want to be sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review because you also have to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube to be qualified to win those two free tickets. You have to do both. So please make sure to go do all of that good stuff while you're checking out the YouTube channel and subscribing to it. Make sure to smash the like button down below on today's video. And last, go and ring the bell, turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all again for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thanks again for making the show your very first listen here each and every day. Finally, folks, our Chicago Blackhawks are back in action tonight after a 10-day break for the NHL All-Star Game. The Hawks are taking on the Anaheim Ducks at the United Center tonight. It's 7.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop for those of you who are curious. And the Ducks have actually already returned to action post-All-Star break. Last night, they took on uh, the Dallas Stars and wound up losing uh, 3-2 to two in overtime. So they managed to pick up a point with that loss. And last night, actually, the return to the NHL went pretty well for the Blackhawks tank situation right now because um, not only did the Ducks uh, pick up a point, but the Arizona Coyotes also came out on top of the Minnesota Wild by a score of 3-2 to two to earn two points as well. And since the Blackhawks have been off for the last 10 days, I thought it would be just a nice little reminder to start today's episode with an updated look at the standings across the entire NHL right now. More importantly, the Connor Bedard standings, the bottom of the standings in the NHL. Uh, but with that win last night, the Coyotes have now moved up to 40 points through 51 games this season. That's six more points than the Blackhawks currently have, but they have also played three more games. 
Um, and that's going to be for those who have already looked ahead on the schedule. The Arizona Coyotes are coming to town take on the Blackhawks at the UC on Friday night. So you can tell that's going to be a pretty meaningful matchup when those two teams duke it out. Uh, and then for the Ducks, with the overtime loss that I mentioned last night, they have 38 points now on the season. That's four more than the Blackhawks have. They've also played three more games than Chicago at this point. That leaves the Blackhawks currently in second to last place in the NHL standings. The Arizona Coyotes are fourth to last. The Anaheim Ducks are third to last. The Blackhawks are second to last, actually tied with the Columbus Blue Jackets with 34 points right now. But Columbus has the worst points percentage, which is really what matters considering, you know, not all these teams are going to have the same amount of games played. You really want to look at the points percentage for a better indication of how things are shaping out. Uh, the Blue Jackets are the only team with the worst point percentage right now than the Blackhawks, given that they have 34 points in 51 games, while the Hawks have 34 points uh, in 48 games. So with the Blackhawks, for those who may have forgot, it has been a little while. With the Blackhawks having won seven of their last 11 games coming into the All-Star break, now sure would be a, a pretty good time to have that classic Blackhawks eight-game losing skit. I feel like for the last three or four years, there's been like five, six, or seven eight-game losing streaks for this team. It's like when they lose three or four in a row, they're, they're probably going to lose seven or eight or something along those lines. But uh, with, you know, Arizona getting the getting the victory last night, the Ducks picking up a point, the Blackhawks have the Ducks and the Coyotes their next two games. Yeah, I mean, it would certainly help their case um, and would have them sitting pretty entering their road trip on Saturday, which starts out in Winnipeg um, by losing these next two games against fellow uh, competitors in the Connor Bedard watch right now. But yes, as I referenced, I do want to talk about this matchup in particular for just a second here. Anaheim Ducks coming into the United Center tonight to take on the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, the Ducks actually have been playing some better hockey here as of late themselves. Prior to the break, they had won uh, four of their last five games. And then obviously, as I already mentioned, uh, losing three to two in overtime last night to Dallas. They got points in five of their last six games. The Blackhawks have won seven of their last 11. Kind of an interesting situation for these two teams to be uh, squaring off against one another. But um, looking at some of the numbers between the Blackhawks and the Ducks, I did kind of want to take a dive at the team statistics while we're talking about this matchup for a second because. Some of the ugliest team numbers across the entire NHL. The Ducks rank dead last in both goals scored and goals against. The Blackhawks are 31st in goals scored per game, 27th actually. They've moved up in goals against per game. Uh, the, man, the Ducks, these are some abysmal numbers. And the Blackhawks aren't, aren't all that pretty themselves. The Hawks are 24th in the league on the power play, 23rd on the penalty kill. The Ducks are 29th in both special teams categories. So yeah, truly a bottom feeder matchup tonight at the United Center. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out with uh, two points here in this matchup. Obviously, neither team's players are doing the tanking. It's all the front office stuff. So you know these guys are going to be battling, but the fan bases behind them are going to be wanting each of their respected teams to lose. It's a very odd situation to be in, honestly. Um, 
something. But this is what happened when this is what happens when you tank, when you're thinking about the future, when you have a lot of franchise altering players potentially in the upcoming NHL draft. We're going to see a whole lot of this out of a lot of the bottom teams in the NHL standings the rest of the way. Buckle up, Blackhawks fans. There are certainly going to be a lot of losses coming here post-All-Star break. The trade deadline, as I talked about on yesterday's episode, is less than a month away now. By the way, quick plug for those of you who haven't checked out yesterday's show. Make sure to go and do that. I updated, talked about some updated rumors and what we're hearing across the NHL right now as far as um, trade discussions and trade talks. We've seen a couple of trades already go down, most notably Bull Horvat. Uh, the expectation is that, you know, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, their agent has either already talked to the Blackhawks front office or that's going to happen within the next couple of days. So expect the process to start picking up here rather soon. We don't have an official decision yet, obviously, from Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane. There's plenty of other guys, though, that could be on the move. And you got to think we're going to hear some sort of update on Kane or Taves and what they want to do. Maybe they still don't know up to this point, and maybe they won't right up until the deadline. But I have a feeling we're going to hear a little bit more on their mindsets or at least what they're wanting to do or which way they are kind of leaning at this point now that things are really starting to ramp up here. So make sure to go and check out yesterday's episode. I also talked about all the latest injury updates. Uh, Frank Nazar, first round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. We've received some good news on him here as of late. So make sure to go and check out yesterday's episode. It's honestly a whole lot more meaningful than this little preview I just did in tonight's matchup against the Anaheim Ducks. All right, there is my first thoughts on this meeting tonight between Chicago and Anaheim at the United Center. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into what we could see out of the Blackhawks lineup tonight. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. The NFL playoffs have reached the Super Bowl. It's less than a week away. And us over here at Lockdown, we're really excited about our new betting partner because they're the number one sportsbook in America right now. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, then that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And for all of you new customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you got to do is go and sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spread and player props. You can even combine all your bets for a chance at a greater payout with the same game parlay feature, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, we're less than a week away. Don't miss out. Go and place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, just wanted to say thanks again to everyone out there for making the show your very first listen each and every day. Now for your second listen, make sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL Prospects, which is a very relevant podcast for us Blackhawks fans right now because it's your daily podcast covering the next generation of superstars leading up to the 2023 NHL Draft. Plus, you can also get top prospect rankings and NHL draft comparisons for every single team. So make sure to go and check out Locked On NHL Prospects, available on this app, YouTube, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Segment two, let's talk about what we could see out of the Hawks lineup tonight when they square off with the Ducks at the UC. First, it's sounding like Captain Jonathan Taves will not be able to suit up. Taves missed uh, his second consecutive practice yesterday due to a non-COVID-related illness. Pretty unfortunate timing on that end. Obviously, there was a 10-day break in between the Blackhawks' uh, most recent game. So for Taves, right when the Blackhawks get back, um, he's not good enough to go. Yeah, pretty unfortunate that Looks like the Blackhawks are going to be without their captain tonight. And you also have to wonder, um, Jonathan Taves, given his history, are there any concerns from any teams hearing this news? Is this something that could be an issue for team trading for him? I highly doubt that. Just one thing to consider with news like this, though. Just thought I'd throw it out there. But yes, looks like the Blackhawks are going to be without good old number 19 tonight. On the flip side, does sound like they're going to be getting Tyler Johnson back after he missed the final three games prior to the All-Star break due to yet another ankle injury. Fortunately, doesn't sound like this one's going to cost him nearly as much time as it has in the past. Um, but I'm really interested to see what Coach Luke Richardson is going to do with the Lions when the Blackhawks hit the ice for the morning skate here in just a couple of hours. I'm obviously recording this prior um, to the morning skate. But I think with Jonathan Taves out, given what the Blackhawks were able to do prior to the break, I think that it's pre- it's a pretty good chance that Jason uh, Dickinson is going to remain on the top line with Patrick Kane. The question then becomes, are they going to put Tyler Johnson on the top line? They could put Philip Kurashev there. Andreas Athanasiu was there prior to the break. That's kind of the question mark Uh, of how the Blackhawks are going to go about things. Although they could completely flip the script and Luke Richardson could be hitting the blender here this morning because he did say, um, I believe on Sunday, that he thought it was kind of to change things up offensively. So there is the possibility that we get some completely different looks that, you know, I obviously can't predict. But just for the sake of going through a projected forward line and defensive pairings, um, projected lineup, I'm just going to go ahead and take a stab at this real quick. I'm going to guess that Tyler Johnson probably comes back on that top line in between Jason Dickinson and Patrick Kane. The second line, I think it makes sense to have it as Philip Kurashev, um, Max Domi, and Taylor Radish. I thought that trio looked really good together before the All-Star break. Then on the third line, you can put Andreas Athanasiu with Sam Lafferty and Colin Blackwell, who was playing for sure his best hockey of the season in those final uh, final few games before the break as well. Nice to see Colin Blackwell finally come alive because uh, really the first, you know, 40 games or so, he was a non-factor in a majority of those, if I'm being honest. And he's been playing at a different level and has brought out a different gear here as of late. So hopefully he can continue that. I expect due to his recent play, that he's probably going to be the one bumped up into the lineup on the third line. And then uh, the only three other healthy forwards that the Blackhawks have right now, Jonathan Taves, again, not looking like he's going to play tonight. Jujar Kara remains on long-term injured reserve. He's not quite ready to come back yet. So that would leave the fourth line as Boris Kachuk, Mackenzie Entwistle, and Reese Johnson, who is also That trio was also doing some pretty good work prior to the break. So that's kind of what I expect the four lines to be for the Blackhawks tonight. But again, Luke Richardson mentioned there could, it's time to kind of change some things up. So 
don't be surprised if the Blackhawks go with a completely different look than what I just mentioned a moment ago. On the defensive side of things, though, it's a little bit more clear-cut. Philip Ruse was returned to Rockford prior to the All-Star break. Isaac Phillips obviously was sent down a little before that. There's only seven defensemen on the Blackhawks roster right now, and one of them is Jared Tenority. It doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to go by. Uh, he's not going to be able to go by tonight. Sounds like his return will either come Friday on Arizona, Friday against Arizona, or Saturday against Winnipeg. So that leaves the Blackhawks with six healthy defensemen at this point. Can darn sure expect Jake McCabe and Seth Jones to remain together as the top defensive pairing. Those two were really good the past few weeks. Um, Seth Jones, I think, playing with more of a consistent anchor in Jake McCabe. It allows him in his offensive game to flourish a little bit more. There are still some weaknesses of his defensively. Uh, most recently being brought out to Twitter was his issues with um, giving up the blue line too easily uh, and letting puck carriers enter the blue line too easily. Um, but I do think. Since being paired with Jake McCabe, there's no doubt that Seth Jones has been playing his best hockey of the season. Expect them to remain as the top pairing. Second defensive pairing, Jack Johnson and Connor Murphy. And that leaves Caleb Jones and Ian Mitchell as the third defensive pairing. Going to be really interesting to see what happens to the Blackhawks defense. Once Jared Tenorti does return, though, as I mentioned on yesterday's episode as well, does Ian Mitchell become the odd man out? Do they continue to go with a rotation? Does Jack Johnson finally get squeezed out of the lineup after playing in each and every game for the Blackhawks pre-All-Star break? Does Jake McCabe wind up getting traded? Maybe even Jack Johnson could get traded if there's any team interested. Uh, It is going to be fascinating to see what happens to the Blackhawks blue line here in the next month. In net for the Blackhawks, I mentioned yesterday Jackson Stauber has been recalled from Rockford again as Alex Stalock is just not quite 100% as of this point, but is hopeful to go on the Blackhawks road trip starting Saturday. So with Stalock not being ready to go just yet, Stauber is back up in the NHL, but I'm not really sure if they're going to give him any action. Um, He's been really good to his credit so far, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's probably sounding like it's only going to be two games until Alex Stalock is able to come back. Uh, If he's not ready to go by Saturday against Winnipeg, I do think Stauber is going to get in one of those two games on Friday or Saturday night. But I do think Peter Morazic is clearly the starter at this point. He's going to get the go tonight in the first game post-All-Star break. Uh, And it was a tough way for Morazic to wrap up the first half as his stat line. For those of you who have been kind of following along to that all season long, I tweet out uh, the goaltender stats for the Blackhawks starter prior to each and every game. So I've been easily following along with Morazic's numbers. And after getting off to just a brutal start in the first month or two, his numbers had been kind of slowly and quietly creeping back to at least decent, like a 900 save percentage, a goals against average sub four, (coughs) excuse me. And then he gets absolutely lit up, not even really his fault uh, by the Edmonton Oilers in that final game. And uh, now he's up to a 4.05 goals against average down to an 885 save percentage in 21 starts this season Uh, in seven career appearances against the ducks. It's worth noting that Morazic is three, three and O with a two, four, seven goals against average and a nine Oh two save percentage. So some decent uh, past results 
against Anaheim. Nothing too spectacular at the same time. But I do ultimately expect Mrazek to be the one to get the start in net for the Blackhawks. On the other end, for the Ducks last night, this being a back end of the back-to-back for them, John Gibson was the one who got the start in net against Dallas. So you would expect Anthony Stolarz, the backup, to be the one uh, projected to go tonight against the Hawks. And not only have the Blackhawks had a lot of success against the Ducks in recent memory, uh, off the top of my head, remember Patrick Kane's eight-point game, I think, that he had against the Ducks last season? It was something crazy like that. Uh, The Blackhawks absolutely lit up the Anaheim Ducks, as I just mentioned some really good recent results against this team. They've also had really good results against Anthony Stolarz when he's been a member of their squad. He's the one who's projected to get the start in net tonight. So could we see an offensive frenzy on our hands at the UC? It seems like it's happened pretty often as of late against Anaheim. So just one thing to consider for those uh, who may be interested in placing a wager down on this game. I think the over might not be the worst idea in the world. All right, there are the projected the Blackhawks projected lines in the goaltender matchup for tonight's game at the United Center. Coming up in just a moment, I will talk for a quick second about some updates to the Blackhawks organization that we heard yesterday from President Jamie Faulkner. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is something that I simply try and get my one scoop of every single morning because with just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And this special blend of ingredients is incredible. It helps support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your recovery, your energy, your focus, your aging, it it helps with everything. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder themselves experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them over $100 per day, believe it or not. But now Athletic Greens has created both an optimal and an affordable nutrition routine that'll cost you less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. I'm not kidding, folks. When I get my one scoop of AG1, I can feel the difference in the morning, whether it's, you know, before I'm going to work or before I'm hopping on the podcast and recording the show, before I'm going and hitting the golf course with some of my buddies. I want to make sure that I have that edge to get me over the hump and get my day started magnificently. And that happens when I get my one scoop of AG1. I really do feel the difference. And that's what I need to get me going and to make it easy for all of you. Athletic Greens is going to give away uh, five free travel packs and a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and check out athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, before I wrap up the show for today, folks, I did want to be sure to mention a couple of updates. I apologize, I just got a random notification on my computer. I did want to mention a couple of updates on the status of the organization right now, a couple of uh, things off the ice that are starting to uh, come into play here with the Blackhawks post-All-Star break. And to talk about that, Jamie Faulkner joined Uh, the Blackhawks press conference yesterday. First, Faulkner announced that the Blackhawks season ticket renewals 
will begin this week. And 84% of seats will either have the same price or will have a lower price than they did coming into this season. And I think, you know, maybe this isn't the most noteworthy news, but as someone who has a close buddy who has season tickets, and he told me when he renewed them uh, from the end of last season into this year, his prices dropped nearly 50%. I mean, the Blackhawks substantially lowered their ticket prices for the season ticket holders. And it's not like he's got 300 level seats. No, he's seven rows off the glass in the 100s directly behind the Blackhawks net in the first and third periods. It's a really prime seat. And for it to be cutting half that much, you know, um, obviously that's a pretty substantial margin for some of the most expected expensive tickets at the UC. So to hear that 84% of the tickets are either going to remain the same or they're going to be even lower, I think that's certainly a good sign for all of us Blackhawks fans. I think some good awareness from the Blackhawks organization that, you know, this team probably isn't going to be all that much better than they are right now next season. It's really not going to change until a lot of these players that they're drafting or acquiring from other teams or developing in their organizations, until a lot of them step on the scene, probably isn't going to be until two, three, four years down the road for a majority of them. That's really when the Blackhawks are going to be the most exciting again. Now, there will be some intrigue following this team, considering they're going to be adding to their prospect pool even more than they already have. And uh, by the way, Scott Wheeler, who's a draft analysis and a uh, prospect analyst, rated the Blackhawks with the fifth best prospect pool in the entire NHL, which I think is really intriguing, considering what I just mentioned. They're certainly only going to add more to that with uh, all the draft picks they already have in their bag, along with what they're probably going to acquire here at this deadline and future deadlines as well. Um, I'm really excited about this team. I think there is going to be some excitement and intrigue about all these prospects. But all in all, the team the Blackhawks put on the ice isn't going to be very competitive until probably three, yeah, four years down the road. So the Blackhawks recognizing that, you know, they're not going to be raising, this isn't the time to be raising the ticket prices. That's pretty obvious. Um, I think that has to be good news for us fans, right? Um, 16% of tickets, obviously doing some little math there, 16% of tickets are expecting an increase going into next season. Those are apparently the tickets that are the most in demand. And when I heard that, it was a little curious to me. I was wondering, well, what are the tickets that are in demand the most for the Blackhawks right now? Is that the 300 level is that 100 level seats? Which seats are getting the increase? Because honestly, my one gripe about the Blackhawks ticket situation for majority of the season, the 300 level, now going back to what it was in 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, um, you know, those were 80, 90, $100 seats. And if the Blackhawks were as good as they were today, uh, or as good as they were in that era today, Obviously, given the state of the economy and inflation, those tickets would probably be $120, $130. So for me to complain that 300-level seats are $30, $40 um, may not sound like a lot, but still, $30, $40 to go watch one of the worst teams in hockey. And we're a very um, loyal and loving fan base. The people that sit in the 300s to watch this team, I think those are the people you should be rewarding the most. Um, I mean, obviously, the 100-level ticket holders 
they deserve to be rewarded as well. But I don't think you should punish the 300 level owners if those are the tickets that are in fact getting the increase. We don't know because that information isn't public. So uh, I'm not sure if this is even a situation worth talking about, but just something um, that I found interesting. And I do wonder if we'll ever hear about that information, but good to hear that at least 84% of tickets will not be going up for the Blackhawks next season. I feel like that's certainly the right decision to make. Uh, Faulkner also mentioned some updates towards the Blackhawks broadcast booth and NBC Sports Chicago's studio team. She said that Chris Vosters is expected to remain in the play-by-play role for the Blackhawks next season. And they're discussing with rotation color guys, Troy Murray and Patrick Sharp to determine a long-term plan. Not sure which way, honestly, that it's going to go right now. I think, you know, Murray's obviously the more experienced man. He's been doing this for quite some time, was a really good player in and alone of itself. Um, I thought he's blended in beautifully and has been the experienced guy to go along with Chris Voster. And he's also had some fun with Chris up in the booth, which has been great to see as well. And Sharp has just been, you know, kind of a, made a seamless transition into the booth. I think everyone enjoys hearing what he has to say. He's never over the top. He's a funny guy. He's also very knowledgeable. He can relate to the players very well. I think he does a good job of getting his message across rather easily. And I don't know, maybe that's just my perspective as someone who's been listening to hockey for quite some time and not to sound like I'm like pompous or anything, but as someone who knows hockey, maybe to someone who's a newcomer to the sport, maybe Sharpie's uh, message isn't as simple, but I feel like he does a really good job of getting his point across uh, straightforward. So I've really liked what I've heard out of Patrick Sharp this year. I think He's probably more of a long-term solution than Troy Murray is. They could also put Troy back in the radio booth um, or have him in in the radio spot more permanently. I don't think that would be the worst decision in the world, but um, I I do think it's interesting that they've already said that Chris Vosters is going to come back. Not that I don't think it's the wrong decision because I think it's still pretty clear that, you know, he's, he's still getting acclimated. And while, he's got a, a decent amount of games under his belt. Now the first entire first half of this year and split games at the end of last season. Um, but he is still kind of finding his way at the same time though. I don't think there's de- any denial about it. Just, it just, it's, it's tough some nights and I don't like his goal call. Um, sometimes it just feels like it's really clear that he wasn't like the biggest hockey fan growing up or wasn't, very knowledgeable, at least about this Blackhawks team and what went on. I mean, I'm pretty sure he mentioned a couple of games ago that Patrick Kane roofed a backhander for the game winner in game six against the Philadelphia Flyers to help the Blackhawks win their first Stanley Cup since 1961. It was like, oh, no, Chris, he snuck a five hole and nobody knew it was in. It was just really awkward. And there's been some of those moments. And I don't mean to be calling out Chris Foster's because he does seem like a really good guy. I've met him in person a few times. He's been really awesome, super friendly, super nice. Um, And I do think he enjoys himself and makes the broadcast fun, but sometimes it's, and I know it's tough when the Blackhawks are losing and they're in the situation like they are, but he just kind of gets off topic. Him and Colby kind of have some interesting discussions always going on. I don't know. It's been an interesting start to the Vosters tenure, but I do recognize that he, he has been getting better, I do think, and he's still pretty raw in the entire process. So. 
I, I understand the patience with Chris Voster. I think next year's kind of a do or die type of season for him. I'm just still not convinced that he's the long-term solution for Pat Foley in the play-by-play role. Obviously, those are some massive shoes to fill, but I think everyone, for the most part, I don't mean to speak on behalf of everyone. I'm sure there are folks who feel differently than I do, but I've heard, excuse me, a lot of people say that Chris Vosters is kind of getting old, and I, I do agree. But again, still some room for him to grow. We'll see what the Blackhawks ultimately elect doing, uh, elect to do there in the future. The last thing that Faulkner mentioned is there are going to be some changes to the Blackhawks NBC Sports studio team, and I, I think Colby Cohen just needs to be left between the benches. I think he does a really good job there and um, does a good job of explaining what he's hearing from the benches and from the players and describing, you know, the game from the ice level. I think that is important. And I think that's where he does his best work. I don't know if the studio is necessarily where he needs to be. Um, and then I think Scott Vossers and Kaylee Chelios, um, I, I don't know. It's just been a really interesting situation. Scott Darling was apparently supposed to be brought in as like a tell it how it is type of guy. And they've really used him as an analyst. I don't know. I, I just think it's a really random pregame show. I think Pat Boyle does a good job hosting it all. And he's clearly experienced there, but I also do believe there are some necessary changes to be made to make things a little bit more exciting as the Blackhawks go on throughout this rebuild. So all in all though, I, I think pretty good awareness overall from the Blackhawks front office, the ticket sales, good news. Uh, Chris Vosters coming back. I think it's not the worst idea in the world. It's worth giving him another shot. Uh, and then changes to the studio team. I think there are, I think that is kind of overdue. So all in all, some good updates out of Blackhawks president, Jamie Faulkner, when she spoke with the media yesterday. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Tuesday, February 7th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow the show 100% for free wherever you get your podcasts and to go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. You can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.